0: Welcome to part two of the Movie Nuts podcast talking about Montgomery Clift. We pick it off, with, pick it up where Chris and I left off with a little bit repeated from last time. Who were damaged in ways not unlike him. Right. Um,
1: he always damaged before the movie begins, so we never quite know most of the time why he's damaged.
0: Right. But, I, again, I think what makes him fascinating on screen... Like a lot of stars of, of, of bygone times, is when you know something more about him than maybe when the film was made, is is that it's it's fascinating to see who he is play out in how he is in these various movies where these little bits and pieces of his of his real life are clearly interspersed in here. And was that why he was so good in the movie? Is it why the movie was, was so right for him? But it, it's hard to separate his career from his films because there's just entirely too many parallels.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. You do, you do tend to think, unfortunately, about his personal life while you're watching the film. But I, I do like, even though apparently it was, I don't know how much on action I well, places, people don't know got in a car accident in 1956, a very serious car accident. Right. It was Elizabeth Taylor who found him all bloodied up and such. And so from that time on, they did surgery on him, and he turned into painkillers. So he was, he suddenly couldn't remember his lines for the rest of his career. He may have suffered brain damage or something. He may not just be completely drugged. I mean, I don't really know. But I think at least in suddenly last summer, it, if there's a movie where it, it was good to have somebody understated that one, <laughs> Catherine Hepburn is a ham. For a half hour, right? Uh, and, and Elizabeth Taylor is just, a histrionics, most times, the last thing you need is another actor being loud.
0: Right, chewing the scenery.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's the last thing you need with those two around.
0: Well, uh, one of the great lines uh, about it, if such a thing can exist, given, was that the, the phrase about Cliff's career post the accident and he, he died 10 years later, was that it was the longest suicide in the history of Hollywood. After the, right. after the car accident and right. the, everything, everything that had made him difficult pre the accident was amplified and, and ultimately did him in, for lack of a better word. Which
1: is one, one, the one thing I guess I said, that's why one reason that why I think Young Lions, it's really hard to, to tell anybody a film at three and a half hours Can you sit through it but it's Montgomery Clift, Dean Martin. Dean Martin's uh, first movie after breaking up with Jerry Lewis, and, and i joke with Rob about this, that uh, I watched every Martin Lewis film, and if possible, they were getting worse. So for Dean Martin to all of a sudden jump out and have a great role, um, and, and Montgomery Clift is really the person that leads the film on, and then uh, it's, it's almost two separate movies with Montgomery Clift and Dean Martin um, in World War II and a separate story with Marlon Brando as a German soldier. And The Three and a Half Hours is really terrific for its art. I think it's such a better film than for Here to return. I think the love affairs are better because the people that are brave become weak. The people that are weak become brave, and it takes on the, the, the real life. It doesn't feel like a soap opera. It feels like a, like a storyline. Um, and the Montgomery Cliff character is sort of the weaker character who doesn't quite know who he is or what he's about, and he ultimately becomes a very good soldier. Well, the Dean Martin character uh, has no interest in war. His character is actually kind of funny. He says, why would I want to go to war and die with a country we might be friends with in 10 years? Well, the Marlon Brando character is a pure soldier who more and more develops a conscience uh, as this movie progresses. And it moves at about 20 minutes of showing one movie, which is Montgomery Clifton and Dean Martin, and then the next 20 minutes are Marlon Brando. It's very bizarre to do it that way. And yet, I think because three actors are so compelling, and even the supporting characters are so good, that this is Montgomery Cliff. They might be his best performance. It's certainly one of them. Uh, And he does show a lot more livelihood. Even if he has some fighting scenes, I didn't believe any of the fighting scenes in From Here to Return. Uh, (laughs) The the fighting scenes here, where he mostly gets tumbled and beat up a lot because the other soldiers are hazing him, uh, are far more real. And um, I think it's just, if you think, if you think, about Montgomery Cliff, Dean Martin, and Marlon Brando in Three Plus Hours. This one's worth it. Even if you're not a, a great war fan, that, um there are violent scenes, but this is mostly a nonviolent movie that doesn't even move at a fast pace, and to me doesn't seem slow. Okay, I was I was hooked um watching it today, and I only intended on watching it a couple of minutes just to kind of remind me of something. And I can turn it off. It was it, I loved it more now than I've ever loved it.
0: Well, and as, a, as an aside, uh, Chris is actually a boxing historian, so he knows a little bit something about how fights should look. Uh, I, well, well, I know how
1: they should look, so that's what for hero attorney, really, unfortunately, doesn't. I'm a wrong person to watch it, just like you, Rob, sometimes probably watch lawyer movies completely different. Roger Reber when he reviewed, I never once saw a movie in a newspaper office that looked like a newspaper office. So, right. yes, the the boxing, everything from hero Eternity and the fact that there's no black people in the movie, um, it's just uh, it's a, it's a, a white soap opera that needs organ music, and, and The Young Lion is a story. Um, I guess all all stories are soap operas, but this one really took time to tell these three characters lives, and quite frankly, to the supporting characters, too.
0: Well, and similarly to the other experiences we talked about, um Apparently, as a result of this, he he made a lifelong, albeit unfortunately not a very long life, but lifelong friend uh, out of Dean Martin during the making of this movie. And In in fact, one of the stories about his accident uh, references that after Elizabeth Taylor had saved him and the the press had descended, uh, Dean Martin, Michael Wilding, and Kevin McCarthy effectively stood guard as he was taken into a hospital to make it impossible to take photographs of, of him uh, in the state he was after the accident. So Martin oh, wow. had become a, a yeah champion for him and when he had you know become known as as another troubled actor, Martin was a person who always invited him to events and would come with him because what are you gonna to say to Dean Martin? But again, oh, and we, well think, think,
1: think of this too if you were Dean Martin when you're breaking up with Jerry Lewis, everyone says Jerry Lewis is just going to keep on going. Your career is over. You might be able to do nightclub singing, but you're not you don't have a movie career of any kind. Now you're, it's your first movie. Your buddy isn't Jerry Lewis. Your buddy is Montgomery Cliff. Montgomery Cliff has all that reputation. Um, right. And yet Montgomery Cliff probably couldn't be nicer, more generous. Um, you know, and, and Dean Martin, just at a time where he needed um, a miracle, uh,
0: here is this miracle. Well, and and uh, as we talked about in our last podcast, of course, uh, Dean later connects with John Wayne and and has a very substantial post Jerry Lewis film career, based uh, in large part on his early choices uh, about about with whom he decided to pair, such as Clifton Brando and and others to make these these great movies. Yeah,
1: I should point out though if people haven't seen The Young Lions, there's only one very brief scene at the end where Marlon Brando appears with Dean Martin and uh, Montgomery Clift. And I don't want to say how that is, just in case somebody's interested and wants to see the movie. But basically, it's two movies, and Marlon Brando's in his own movie by himself, as a German officer, and uh, Montgomery Clift and Dean Martin are in their own movie um, as um, Americans who will have to make decisions about whether they go to war or not.
0: It's it, it that's it's very interesting and I, I'm I'm sorry, I wish I had found the time to watch it. Maybe we'll have to revisit that o- only in that I think it I, you will love it, Rob, because I know it. your
1: taste and I wouldn't tell you something if I wasn't <laughs> sure. This is a a really great war movie and as I said it's mostly because it, it takes the time to go through its characters and the long arc of who did he come, and for Montgomery Cliff, it is definitely within his top two or three performances because he isn't quite so understated. He is sort of in the beginning what you think of Montgomery Cliff, but he comes out of that shelf so just, uh, as the movie uh, progresses.
0: Now, it's a, this is a World War II movie, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And as, yes, I, about, am I remembering? It begins,
1: to... it, begins, it begins with Germany ready to conquer uh, the, Europe and take down England. Well, America really doesn't care that much about the right. war. Right, sitting, sitting out the I'm war at this they're, point. they're classifying people. Right, the Dean Martin character has no interest in going to war, and the Montgomery Cliff character doesn't really have he doesn't, he doesn't any self-confidence. He doesn't know who he is or what he is, but he's almost like, well, I'll go to war because people say this is important, at least it's an opinion. It's not my opinion because I don't have any opinions.
0: I see. And he
1: meets a girl and has a very nice, actually, uh, all, all three characters meet various women, but Montgomery Cliff love story again. That might be one of the very best love stories. Um, you know, a heterosexual love story uh, that feels very real, very um, I don't know about passionate, but but it feels loving and, and affectionate, and and that you see people getting together.
0: And that's uh, Edward Demetric made that movie, isn't that right? Isn't he the director of that film?
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: I, I, oh, you know, I, you I, know I, me. I've always got to yeah. I've always got to dig up the the uh, the director. Um. Well. As, as a closing thought from my end, and I'll, I'll let you close the show on this, uh, Clift is one of those very enigmatic actors to me whose career, like a lot of others, is is partly enhanced by the lack of duration, but the substantial right. roles that were played in it. Uh, he is, in in the iconography of film, he is something less than Brando, something to the side of James Dean, but he remains a one of the original method actors and, and is embedded in the Hollywood lore because, again, he created another legend of Hollywood, a difficult, strange, aloof, odd actor with this enormous gift, but such troubles that that seem to seep into... His work, yet it's it's brilliant on so many levels, and you can't help but wonder if all that the the various flaws and demons within him are what made it brilliant. Not at all unlike Marilyn Monroe or James Dean or other people of of that ilk. So as a as a quote unquote forgotten movie star, if if you are interested in that, I think you want to see someone who made. Virtually not a single movie that's a yawner, and again, uh, forgiving from here to attorney because it's not really his movie. He has a catalog of a handful of movies, more than James Dean made, but a handful that you're going to have a really tough time finding another actor of that era who made four or five films more interesting than the misfits and suddenly last summer and a place in the sun and red river. And even, uh, one of, and, and Chris and I've talked about this. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Hitchcock guy and I made Chris watch all sorts of Hitchcock movies. He Clift made one called, I confess, which is not very exciting, but again, He's so oddly distant in the movie that it's perfectly consistent with exactly what we've talked about, but I, I would leave it off my list to watch only because it's kind of standard Hitchcock fare, and he's not really built for that. He's not—he's not the charismatic center of the film like Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart or Rod Taylor can be. But at any rate, if you want to see, well, if I had to, if, yeah, if I have here's Rob on the scap
1: list, like, you know, like- it must be something of a song he thought of. He had a star Toy, about the Toy. And he didn't play the and not talking. He was most observing and listening. And I guess he's an absolutely huge fan. You can watch it, but I would watch the list first, and I would also put it on the, unfortunately, I wouldn't put it on my top list either.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, we, we recommend... If you're interested, there's a handful of them. There are more. There's Freud, the heiress, and a few others that 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 we didn't mention in great detail. But I, so th- I
1: just mentioned Freud. Yeah, I mentioned Freud after following the fifth disc. Right, and then I did see it, and that it's a, a sort of surreal film about his life. It covers about five years. And one interesting about Montgomery Cliff in that role, I will say, is I'm not putting myself up as great looking, but when I was about 41, I looked like I was about 30. His character character's supposed to be about 30, and it's actually 41. He doesn't look 30. He looked old. He looked... He, 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 he was getting old fast, and um, uh, it's sort of a healthy film about mental stuff like that. But I never thought that, and made a decision to observe. And that's how this is
0: Probably. So check out, perhaps, The Misfits. Uh, suddenly last summer, have a seat. Because it's going to take you on a ride you're probably not ready for, especially for a black and white movie. A place in the sun. The first
1: half hour, your ride's going to be in a rocking chair ready to go to sleep. <laughs> and Catherine but after that,
0: it's going to take you on a very weird ride. It is. I don't know. I think, I think the ride of the first half hour is interesting only in that you get to see the garden. Rusty. Right. As part of it. And, well, and maybe the- I'll have to. Well, you get, you, go ahead, go ahead. You, I was just gonna say I, I know I know she's she's scenery chewing and she's a little over the top and and those things, but i'll I'll say this Tennessee Williams dialogue is so equally over the top that having Katherine Hepburn right. say it almost works. It, it, you know because if if can you imagine someone more of a straight player? like a, a Grace Kelly or an Eva Marie Saint or someone trying to say those lines, you'd say, what? What in the world? But, well, there's, de- there's
1: definitely something special about Tennessee Williams himself, that when you hear oh, it's his play, but Corvid Vidal took it over, and who did what that, he, that first half hour, at least you know it's Tennessee Williams' dialogue. And then when all the lobotomy and, and, and women pick up gay prostitutes for husbands, and getting naked and all that stuff. Go, oh, there's Gore Vidal. Um, you sort of figure out
0: who's who. Well but between Tennyson Williams and Gore Vidal there had to be buckets of guilt being walked around the set just to uh, to keep the mood appropriate. Yeah. Well Chris any final thoughts about Monty as they called him, Montgomery Clift?
1: I just say that if I have my, my four list, it would be um, Red River, uh, Place of Sun, Young Lions and The misfit. So
0: those would be my four. Excellent. Well, we recommend all those if you're interested in in Mr. Cliff, who was, uh, I think, a legend, uh, a star in one regard, but I think, uh, in my opinion, a Hollywood legend is almost a better description. But nonetheless, somebody that uh, is in an awful lot of very good, very classic, very important films throughout Hollywood's, golden age, and and worth checking out if you if you enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, on that note... Right, last, my, yeah,
1: my last note, and I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you close, is that also I was thinking about Montgomery Cliff being a movie star. You know, I have these old television shows and such like that, and I even see people like John Wayne on television shows. I see John Wayne in commercials. I see him do interviews. You almost only exclusively see Montgomery Cliff in movies. You don't see mm-hmm. him showing up on television. You don't see Montgomery Cliff commercials. Uh, you don't see interviews, really, with Montgomery Clift. I think there's one that I saw. But but he most of the time, anything you're going to get from him is what you see in the movies.
0: Right. Uh, un- unlike those people, as you're describing, he did not have an off-screen persona that we loved, too. We knew very little about him off-screen. We only knew him on the screen. Right. Well, this is fun, as as always. We'll have to come up with something else eclectic to do here in the near future um, and uh, well, I'll throw out well. an idea
1: and then you can, you can we'll talk about it later okay Natalie Wood
0: oh I love love Natalie Wood always always a big fan I think we can definitely do some some gypsy uh, yeah yeah i know what you're doing i know what you're i was about to say i know what you're doing here oh everybody everybody we keep segueing away from still has to come back to john wayne westerns i see what you're doing yep. here i see it so yes the searchers is always a good place to start but i i natalie wood we will we will talk about so our next podcast for those of you into teasers Will be to find some films about the the late mysteriously having passed Natalie Wood, and I bet we're going to include some Searchers references. Probably a little Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and we'll see what Rebel else. A Rebel with, oh uh, yeah, uh, another movie that had a a, a, a tough lineage. Grass,
1: really got Warren Beatty's career going.
0: That's right. Um. Well, so was it Bob and Carol, Bob Carol, had and Alice? There's a lot. There's, there, she's another person that's in a lot more movies than you think she is. And I think we'll probably... Yeah, by
1: the time she's 31, it's almost over.
0: <laughs> right, and uh, I'm going to guess that we're both probably going to be willing to skip Brainstorm, but I'm not going to prejudge, just in case. <laughs> well, well,
1: let's th- see. My-, My clip's a lot of fun, and we try to pick people that that you and I both really like, and we hope other people... Maybe, like, you know, don't, you don't think about them as much as they deserve to be your
0: members. Well, and I think you've hit another good one. So we'll um, we will put ourselves together and figure out some movies to watch, and we will we will regale with tales of Natalie Wood in a future podcast. But for now, um, this is again the Movie Nuts podcast signing off. And thanks once again to Chris Shelton, one of the original Movie Nuts, for coming on with me. And thank you for listening. Bye, Chris.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks.